Hello, and welcome to Balanced Torah Living. I'm your host, Adam Rubin. Welcome to regulars, and welcome to newcomers. Today, three rules for a better marriage. I might call it three tools for a better marriage. We'll see. Um, Last night, I had the privilege of going to a Shalom Bias marriage Zoom class by... Rabbi Josh Livingston, um, who I also am very fortunate, who I uh, go to his Gemara Chabura, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and he's a great teacher. Um, So there were three rules that he discussed last night, which I think can be very helpful. Now, I will put, uh, as a disclaimer, I realize, on the opening for this, this this one's really for men. This, uh, this one here, and for married men. Um, okay, so the first rule is, when your wife says something that doesn't seem to make sense on an intellectual plane, it does make sense on an emotional plane, and she's trying to convey something emotionally. So, you know, um, an example of that could be, let's see, um, do you want to, uh, do you want to, do you want to pick up, uh, do you want to pick up our daughter from daycare, uh, you know, a little bit later? Now, you know, it's not that it's, that's, well, wait a minute, why aren't you just asking me if you want to say, can you please pick up? Uh, Ahuva or Devora or whatever your kid's name is. Uh, can you please pick up Ahuva from daycare? Just like ask me, what do we do? Do I want to pick up Ahuva from daycare? No, I don't really want to pick her up from daycare. Um, but so even though it's like kind of like, what's going on there with that question? Ooh, that was loud. Uh, what's going on there with that question? The emotional message under that is could be, you know, like, and, and you know, your wife, you know, I'm really. I'm really tired. I feel overwhelmed today. There's so much going on. I really, I really want some help. I want some support with this. And, um, and, but I don't want to, for whatever reason, I don't want to flat out ask. And oftentimes, you know, that, uh, that women oftentimes, um, communicate in a more indirect way about, about a lot of things. But so remember, you know, if you're, if you're constantly thinking to yourself, like, I just don't get it. Like, I do not understand what my wife is trying to communicate to me. It just doesn't make sense so much of the time. It's because you're thinking just on the level of, you know, sort of logic and the intellect and, and ideas. And, and that's not the, typically, typically, that's not the primary wavelength that, uh, that women operate in. And so, okay, so that's helpful. Um... The second rule for today is don't try to fix your wife's problems. Be emotionally supportive by empathizing with her, her pain and her challenge, acknowledging her pain and her challenge, being there with her in it, caring about her in those moments, sharing it with her, and and, and, and being there in support. Don't try to fix the problem. So I'm sure, and we all have this, where let's say it's even something common, where, where you know, your wife is um, 
comes to you with a certain issue that uh, that is a challenge for her, you know, let's say it's, well, you know, she might say, uh, oh, you know, um, I keep on going to bed, you know, going to bed so late and I'm so, and I'm so, I'm so tired in the morning. I'm so tired. I'm just really not getting enough sleep. And you're thinking to yourself, um, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, so like we need to put some strategies in place for you to go to bed earlier. <laughs> and then you go to bed earlier and you'll be better rested and you'll feel better. And you probably even talk to her about going to bed earlier in the, in the past. Um, or what's another one? Um, Now, and obviously, whatever, there could be 50 million different variations here. Another one could be, you know, if your wife is saying, you know, oh, you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not connecting to my friends as much as I want to. And I'm just not, I'm not uh, connecting socially, like, you know, like I used to. And it really, it's really taking a toll on me. It's really weighing me down because, you know, I get so much so much good energy and in, in, in connection when I when I see my friends and when we do things together. So then you may have said before to her, it's like, let's sit down and let's figure out a way for you to see your friends more. And let's, uh, let's set up a plan and let's do it in bites. And you may have had that conversation and, 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 you know, but she keeps on bringing it up and maybe, and likely didn't necessarily go through that plan. You're like, what is going on here? And without getting too deep right now in this short podcast about, sort of like why she's not going through and making those changes. And there could be many reasons there. It could be that she really is just so swamped that uh, that she can't can't make time for it. Or that, um, that you know, putting in the time to, to, to set it up and to coordinate, et cetera, is just like energy she doesn't have. And it could be a variety of things that are holding her back from um, sort of taking practical steps on it right now. Okay, so put that aside. But in those, and that can be a discussion for another time, in that approach, what that looks like. But in those moments, she comes to you, she sits down, and she's talking to you about how she feels so disconnected and her energy is drained and she feels lonely. So just, you're there, you're supportive. Honey, I hear it. That is, that's, that is so hard. It's so challenging. You get, you get, you get so much connection, so much chiyas, so much, so much joy from from seeing your girls, from being with your friends, and from spending time with them. And uh, it's just that's just really tough. I mean, I and I know, I know you haven't you've seen them so little over the last month. Bam, that's what she wants. She wants you to be there for her, and to support her, and to identify with her pain, and to empathize with her pain, and to not try to fix it. And um, I'm sure many of you have seen the uh, the nail in the forehead YouTube video. It's not about the nail. If you haven't, take a look. If you have, it's funny and it might be worth watching again. Uh, but it's so so true. Um, we all we all experience it in different ways uh, as husbands. And of course, there there are variations here. There's you know, it's not it's not cookie cutter. But there certainly are some. Uh, some common patterns in how husbands and wives interact and communicate. Okay, that was number two. And number three, the third item Rabbi Livingston uh, mentioned, I'll drop Rabbi Livingston's uh, email 
at the end of this, you can reach out to him if you'd like to. Um, cliffhanger. Uh, is three, learn your wife's love language. Now, you know, Rabbi Livingston was talking about he he, he doesn't necessarily um, believe that there are the, only the five love languages that, that are discussed in Dr. Gary Chapman's book, which we've discussed before on the podcast, and which are very well known. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure whether there, you know there might be other love languages. There, there might not be. I find the five to be very helpful and a good way to approach it, uh, even if there perhaps are more nu- nuances and so forth. And it could be maybe categorized in a different way. But the you know the five uh, quality time. Words of ap- affirmation, receiving gifts, uh, acts of service, and physical touch. Those are the five. Um, learn your your wife's because her love language, her primary and secondary, likely, I don't know, likely is probably the right word. Likely or not yours, and our natural our natural inclination is to express love in the same way that it that we receive it the best that fills our tank the best that we that resonates with us but that's just not uh it's not how it goes uh it's a simple analogy right you might you might really find roses to be beautiful and when you go in the store and you're looking for flowers to pick out for your wife and you see that beautiful bouquet of roses there you're like oh my gosh stunning they far surpass any other flowers in this case this is gonna be perfect so you pick them up and you bring them home and you give them to your wife and she says thank you because she doesn't really like roses now how could that be how could it be that 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 she would have preferred lilies or carnations, or daffodils. That's about as far as my flower knowledge goes. Because people have different perspectives, different ways of viewing things, and similarly, we have different love languages. And if you learn your wife's primary love language and secondary, and really kind of have a sense of her whole uh, map of all five of those, you're going to be able to fill her love tank much better. She's going to be a much happier wife. And you're going to be a happier husband. And there's going to, there's going to be greater Sean bias. And you're also going to save time. Because if you put a bunch of energy and time and money into a love language that doesn't really speak to her, you're speaking, you're speaking Spanish over and over again, being beautiful Spanish to her, and she doesn't know Spanish... She understands Mandarin Chinese, then ain't gonna work. So it's gonna be better for you. You'll be more efficient. You'll be more effective if you if you speak her love language. Uh, the Five Love Languages book is replete with stories of how husbands and wives weren't talking the same language and were so frustrated that love wasn't there and and each one felt like they were giving so much and putting so much love in and the other one wasn't feeling it just didn't make sense and they were just crossing wires and not they were just not on the wavelength of understanding each other's love languages so I thought those were uh, 
you know, it's good. It's a good way. These three concise rules. Obviously, there are many rules of marriage, and there have been many, many books written about marriage. And I recommend reading, maybe some of them, the good ones at least. Um, but uh, it's also good to have quick little shortcuts that we can go to to hone in on some fundamentals of a topic that we're working on. The recap, rule number one. If if it doesn't seem like what your wife is saying, if it doesn't seem to, to, to make any sense intellectually from an idea's perspective at the cognitive level, remember that it does make sense at the emotional level and whatever emotional core message she's really trying to convey to you, the music underneath the words. That music can have lots of different uh, nuances. And I asked Rabbi Livingston, so what, you know, but so what, what if you can't, um, what if you can't pick up in those moments what the emotional message your wife is trying to convey to you? And he, he said that, you know, oftentimes women, they really, they, they like if, if they see that we're interested and we really want to understand. So we just ask, you know, honey, uh, I, um, you know, I'm not really understanding. I, 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 I know something is bothering you. I, I want to help. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm just not, I'm not really understanding uh, how you're feeling about this. Can you, can, you know, can you explain some more? That kind of approach. Rule. Number two, here. Don't try to fix her problems. Be emotionally supportive and empathetic and present with her in the pain and the challenge of whatever she's discussing with you. Or if it's, or she might be talking to you about something that's joyous and, and interesting, exciting to her, whatever it is, be there with her in those emotions and that experience and reflect and be present with it. And, um, yeah, obviously more, there can be more, can be said about all of these, but we'll leave it there. And rule number three, learn your wife's love language and speak it on a daily basis to have more bliss in your marriage. As Rabbi Bars in uh, Rockville, and I really, I really like that, he's these, these bliss workshops for marriage, which is his idea. There's so much potential in our marriages. Uh, and I think anything he, he works with couples and in, in, in finding that probably connects to a lot of these concepts. Um, okay. Uh, so Rabbi Livingston, uh, does, um, life coaching and, and, and husband coaching. We could all use it for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't think he works with uh, women. His his wife might um, for wife coaching. Although, uh, right, wives don't need any coaching. Uh, okay, just got some points with um, the Nashim of Klal there. Although they're not listening to this, okay. Um, and uh, he can be reached at uh, Josh Livingston, which is L I V I N G S T O N E. Looks like it would be Livingstone, but Livingston. Josh Livingston at gmail.com. Okay, uh, have a great day. Look forward to catching up again soon. Bye-bye.